0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. She's back, we have Ms. Carrie Sheffield, an American columnist, broadcaster, and policy analyst based in DC. Former reporter for Politico has a long and impressive resume, including a master's in public policy from Harvard University. Carrie, good to have you back on the show, how are you?
1: Hey, Dr. Rishi, thanks for having me. And I just want to give a plug for what you said about selling the membership. Shared value that we have is ending political corruption. So good for you for mentioning that.
0: We are starting on a good note. I think that's a first for you and I, Carrie. Okay, <laughs> all right, let's see it how down it ends. Okay, <laughs> uh, we're gonna chop it up about um, woke culture and how it impacts the bottom line of corporations, okay? I don't want to presume what you believe about that element or that issue. So if you would give us your sentiment.
1: Sure, well, I think it's complicated. I think there are a lot of effects. Uh, I think number one, uh, the bottom line who it does help is people who want to divide us and people who want to make our country more racist and focused on what separates us instead of what unites us. So you have people like Abraham can charging 20 Thousand dollars for a, a one hour presentation about how America is horrible and racist and why capitalism needs to die. Uh, the hypocrisy is not lost on a lot of people that this is a man who's charging $20,000 to try to dare, tear down capitalism. So it's great for his bottom line, um, but as far as, the, uh, you know, the stock, I, I wrote an op-ed for the New York Post looking at what happened with Coca-Cola, for example. And I'm talking about Coke, the company that's based in Georgia, not the holding company that's based in, or the bottling company um, that's based in North Carolina and, and has over 300 drinks. So don't get those confused, um, nothing to do with this. In the Georgia company um, that came out against the voter integrity law down there, which by the way, is actually very similar to laws in places like New York and California. Um, the uh, overwhelming majority of Americans, according to Rasmussen reports found that uh, it would make them less likely to buy coke. And guess what? It turns out the since the, the beginning of the year, coke stock is down, whereas the S&P 500 is up 20%. So a big issue I also have with uh, sort of uh, you know bringing in the army of uh, people to, to use CRT. And I like to prefer the, the phrase CYA. CRT equals CYA for me. It's you know instead of having actual change, and also instead of investing in black-owned businesses and black-owned banks, um, what you have instead is a bunch of outsiders coming in to try to to basically tear the country apart. And I think that it's terrible for us in the long run.
0: Okay, you said a lot there. Let me try to tackle it one by one, okay? Um, and and we'll get to critical race theory because you guys like to throw that in. Um, but let's be very clear about. Companies and social responsibility. You are for companies exhibiting social responsibility. Am I correct on that?
1: Sure, but but the definition obviously of what is responsible that therein lies the debate. But yes, we have
0: well, that. There should not be a debate, and here's why. Corporations are accountable to their to their board. They are accountable to the culture of company or corporation they would like to be. That's what they're accountable to, okay? Yes, they are accountable to consumers as well. But remember, if we're talking about a corporation, a corporation is an independent entity. So you don't get to decide what they believe is socially responsible. You get to decide if you want to buy a product or not. But they get to decide, they get to define for their own cultural code inside of that corporation. What is acceptable as social or socially responsible behavior, correct?
1: Absolutely, that's okay. the freedom of the corporation and the freedom of the the consumer to respond. And I wanna point out there was a study by Brunswick Group that found that the authenticity, so they, they think the majority of, of voters, um, think sixty percent of voters said that companies only speak out on social issues to look better to consumers and they're not being sincere, whereas the the reverse, fifty seven percent of of executives say that they are being sincere. So there clearly is a huge gap here between the perception of the voters, consumers versus the
0: executives. Well, you're in luck, Miss Carey, because I actually read that entire Brunswick report and you're being inauthentic in your representation. One, the number that you're citing is for registered likely voters only. It's not the entire population of consumers in the United States of America or likely consumers in the country, number one. Number two, based on the analytics, the research found that nearly 80% of consumers, not voters, But consumers are more likely to purchase a product labeled environmentally friendly or some other socially responsible dynamic. 77% of those surveyed said that they are concerned about how the products and the company impacts the social atmosphere around them. In a separate study by IBM found that on average 70% of purpose driven shoppers pay attention to um, added premiums and are willing to add money to their purchase up to 35% if the company is socially responsible. Um, An overwhelming 74% of business executives think that corporate activism is effective. Now, you can cite a number about registered voters and how they feel about the authenticity of a company. And there's some room for that conversation. The issue is not about authenticity of the company because their feelings That's between them and their maker or them and themselves. The action is between is is that's now my arena. I care about what you do. I care about what you invest in. I care about your anti-discriminatory policies. I care about you dissecting structural racism. I don't care what your motivation is, all right? I do care what the action is because the action is in my arena. The motivation is in yours. So if you are motivated by force, If you're motivated by political pressure, why is that a, I guess, um, horrific? Why is that horrific when the truth is, that's the game of economics and politics. Is coercion, finesse and force, is all of that combined into one, do you not agree?
1: Yeah, no, that, that's the exactly true. Um, whether I actions speak louder than words, I totally agree with that. But, uh, but I think for a lot of people, the concern of the action is that the action is actually far more divisive. For example, you know, Coca-Cola taking the action to tell its white employees stop acting so white. I mean, I, I would, I would be. You know, very angry if they were to tell their black employees, stop acting so black, or Latino employees, stop acting so Latino. So I think that the way that the action of how you treat your employees vis a vis these questions of disparities, and the disparities are important to discuss, Um, and we shouldn't hide the fact that there are disparities. We need to talk about them, but I think there's a way to address disparities without making everything
0: worse. Sure. And let me address the stop acting so white dynamic, you know. Context matters. Uh, This was not a company-wide training. Uh, This was a very small training, Uh, and the slogan "Don't act so white" was furnished by a contracted company that came in to teach diversity in the workplace. Uh, Coca-Cola and affiliates they have said on record that it was an inappropriate statement based on the corporate, uh, based on the corporate protocol and what they're trying to adhere to in their corporation. Uh, Let's go to millennial shoppers, right? Because I deal in broadcast media every day from radio to right here, right? So the reality is, when you're talking about corporate models and consumer models, you're not just talking about one group, you're talking about many groups. You're talking about not only racial groups and ethnic groups. You're also talking about racial and gender groups. So millennials, let me read some of this to you about millennials in their shopping habits. Nine out of 10 millennials, who are currently in the marketplace, who currently consume. And they got jobs, they're working, they're paying for things. Nine out of 10 millennials are willing to switch brands to one that's more associated with the cause they believe in. Two thirds will use social media to engage what their cause is. The study also found that millennials say they are prepared to even make Personal sacrifices to to make an impact on issues they care about. Seventy percent said they're willing to do that. All of the trending says that companies who adhere to more of a woke or socially responsible culture, they get more money, based on the consumerism of those in the marketplace. How can you dispute that?
1: Well, a few things. So I am a millennial, I like to joke about grandma millennial because I'm toward the the older end of that uh, age cohort. But uh, first of all, we've seen this over and over throughout the human history that the older you get, the more conservative you get. And also, the per capita spending uh, per individual is a lot higher if you're older versus younger. So the, you know, as as Winston Churchill would say that, you know, if, if you're young and you're not liberal, then you don't have a heart. But if, if when you're older and you're not a conservative, you don't have a head.
0: Churchill didn't um, know what the hell he was talking about. And and let me tell you why he didn't know what he was talking about. He was, his point of view. I, I don't know why anybody wants to be Churchill, first of all, or they take life lessons from him. But I will say very clearly. The Nazis? I'm, I'm 40 Nazis years of age. From World War II. Listen, Carrie, I'm going to explain where I'm coming from. I'm 40 years of age, right? And then in, t- in technical sense, I'm a millennial. I'm the last year of millennials in a technical sense. 40 years of age. The older I get, the more I realize how conservatives are full of, you know what. And and I mean this from top to bottom. You all lose on economic policy. You all lose on investment policy. You all lose on the racial policy all day. You all have been antithetical to the progress of average people since I can since I started following politics 20 years ago. I would like for you to name me a policy that has actually brought black people out of poverty or brown people out of poverty. That is squarely a Republican policy, name one.
1: Uh capitalism. That
0: no, capitalism whole- has created poverty. No ma'am, no, you no, absolutely incorrect. No, no, capitalism no. has created more poor people rate. than anywhere else in the world. The global
1: yes. poverty rate has gone down ever since capitalism <laughs> was was uh <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's true. You know what else capitalism you, created? The number of people who live on, you know, global starvation wages globally mm-hmm. has gone down by millions and billions of people the more you have You know capital- why
0: capitalism halfway, halfway can fact. work. But Carrie, think about this. Capitalism unchecked with no regulation ends up being slavery. The did I driving the
1: driving force
0: no. I didn't say
1: unchecked capitalism.
0: Okay, all right, cool. Then we're on the same page because unchecked capitalism. Equates to slavery, what was the driving catalyst for slavery, capitalism. That was the ism, it wasn't socialism, it wasn't communism. It was capitalism that resulted in slavery. Yes, it was the okay. idea of so free slavery
1: labor existed well before capitalism. Slavery existed under ma'am, monarchies. Ma'am,
0: capitalism, Egypt, capitalism Egypt, is Egypt. a term. The art itself was right. applied before the term was codified. Do you not agree?
1: Slavery happened under monarchies. Monarchies are not capitalistic systems. Monarchies are systems where all of the production, all of the wages, everything is owned by the monarch. So okay. the monarchy is not capitalistic. Let me push the-
0: back on that a little after bit. That's where
1: slavery started. Uh,
0: when when America. That's
1: what happened in nomadic tribes too. Slavery happens in nomadic, socialistic tribes. So it's not it's not correlation and causation. I I, I just I don't think that's true. All right and, so let me let me the help
0: countries you here.
1: that were the first to abolish slavery were western democracies. And okay, that's So a- let
0: me Okay, let me help you here. Um during the debate that started a war about states rights, cotton was at the center of that combat and protest. You all aware of your history, right?
1: Sure. I mean okay. that's part of it.
0: But cotton I, was the I am number not one.
1: defending slavery if that's what you're expecting.
0: I'm no, sorry. No, ma'am, I'm, I'm simply trying to state truth and show you the causation element that I said in the beginning. But now I need to provide context. Cotton was the number one domestic commodity in the United States of America. Southerners had a monopoly on the system of cotton because they had free laborers. And they had the ability to continue to get free laborers called slaves or the enslaved well they gave them an advantage in the marketplace all of this was driven by capitalistic norms it was normative to believe that because of capitalism they should be able to retain these evil practices in order to increase profits for their local areas are you not aware of the connection between slavery cotton and capitalism
1: well a couple of things first of all The fundamental principle of capitalism is that it's the free exchange. If you look at the father of capitalism, Adam Smith, it's all about a free exchange. So by definition, slavery is not capitalistic, first of all. And then second of all-
0: No, not slavery, madam. Slavery is slavery.
1: Who won the Civil War? The North did. And the reason the North won, because they were better capitalists. Because the, hmm. the cotton <laughs> was the uh, agrarian product. The reason the North won is because they had a superior GDP. They had superior technology. They were a manufacturing urban based society that overpowered the agrarian based society that was in the South. That's a fact.
0: All right, I got a lot to say about that, but I, my producers are telling me I'm running out of time. Now, let me go, let me go to, um, Social responsibility, we all agree, first of all, we do agree that capitalism has to be checked and regulated to be effective, right? we we'll agree on that, correct?
1: Totally.
0: Okay, all right, so let me go to um, social responsibility. Remember the Montgomery bus boycotts. remember that story? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Rose- right, right. You know these were private buses, right? These were private companies. And these private companies were protected by statute to discriminate, actively discriminate against black riders. But these were private buses, private bus companies. These private companies, when they were forced to become socially responsible, you know who stopped riding those buses for a period of time? White people. White people said, oh, you know what? Not getting on those buses with those Negroes, not going to do that. What if the bus company would have said, hey, you know, we we thought this was a good idea. We actually thought this was the direction we should move in. We're not gonna go back to our discriminatory um actions uh so that we can maintain our white customer base. Would they have been wrong or right if they made that decision, Carrie?
1: They would have been absolutely wrong, but
0: just like Coca-Cola but- and other companies would be wrong if they decide to abandon their notion of good and decent behavior inside of the American context, right?
1: Well, the thing is, you are conflating two totally separate policies. You think so? Absolutely, the, the voter integrity law in Georgia has nothing to do totally.
0: Explain ob- to me Senate Bill 202, you, you're in luck again. I read that bill, I read all 90 plus pages of it. Explain to me what the bill does.
1: Yeah, it makes it easier to vote and harder to cheat in
0: That's the a end. That's talking point. All right, let me oh. tell you what the bill actually does. Carrie, come on sister, you, you gotta know better than that now. You, got, you gotta know good and damn well, I know what I'm talking about. Here's what Senate Bill 202 does. It restricts people's ability to vote by way of absentee. It limits the days you can vote by way of absentee. It limits drop boxes. It limits the time for drop boxes. It limits weekend voting. It limits Sunday voting. It limits polls souls to the poll. It also makes it a criminal offense, a misdemeanor in the state of Georgia. If you give someone water or food while waiting in line, even if you are not electioneering, which is already against Georgia statute. It literally creates a restriction in voting for for black metropolitan counties who were able to expand weekend voting. Who were able to expand opportunities for drop boxes and who were able to expand the hours and days of voting without the state getting involved. That's what it does and it allows for the state of Georgia to take over any county board of election it chooses by way of statute.
1: Only if that area showed that it was incompetent and had corruption. As we talked about earlier, we both want to-
0: Give me the basis corruption. for when the state so can take it over.
1: If there are rampant errors of abuse or fraud. Nope. Um, and the fact nope, is- No, that's that
0: not in the statute, Ballot
1: oh. drop did not even exist in any state, well, I, I should, in this state at all. It didn't exist uh, until 2020 in the pandemic. And what this law does is to make them permanent. So it expands the drop boxes. Um, it also-
0: no, it doesn't expand uh, the drop uh, box. It limits, it limits metropolitan it, counties in particular.
1: And it also where
0: fund- and how long drop boxes can remain active.
1: It also requires funding if there are lines that are getting too long. There are triggers that demand that there's public money to make sure that those lines are gonna be shorter. That's what the law does.
0: Okay, Uh, why do you think they made it a misdemeanor to simply give someone water or food in a line? Even Lindsey Graham said that part of the law was ridiculous. Why do you think they did that?
1: As I understand it, they took that provision out of it. That was something that was certainly disputed.
0: that, That was no, that was signed into law. That was a law, John Ossoff- I think U. there were Senator, concerns about bribery. Do, you he brought believe,
1: up bribery. Do you believe it's okay to bribe for a vote?
0: Bri- Ma'am, bribery? No, I'm, say, I'm saying- The voter is going to purchase vote a vote. Voter
1: integrity, right?
0: This is ridiculous. Carrie. I appreciate you being on the show. My producers are saying that the next show is coming up, but thank you for being on the program, all right?
1: All right, always appreciate it. Thanks, Dr. Thank
0: you.